So good morning, everyone. Good to see you. My name is Pastor Richard, and I'm the uh, the pastor of this church, and the one who is uh, is blessed to be able to bring you God's word. And uh, as you know, we've begun a new series. I know it's called. Uh, we're working through the Gospel of John, and we're looking at um, so that you may believe, so that you may believe. And we heard that that's why John wrote. He said everything that's in this Gospel of John, this biography of Jesus, everything that's there is there because he wants us or anyone who reads it to believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and who he says he is. So we, and by believing in him we receive eternal life. And so last time we read just the verses 1 to 11 of chapter 1 and we looked at how Jesus is the Word. Jesus is the Word. In the beginning was the Word and the Word was God was with God and the Word was God. And we learned that the Word is the word Logos. And so Jesus is the reason that everything came into being and through his, he is the Word and everything came into being through him. So it's a creative Word and the purpose and reason for everything. And when we understand what the reason and the purpose for everything is and our place in it, then we know why we're here and we know what we are called to do. And so we're called to live in this creation that uh, Jesus has won for us and Jesus is working us into. And, and so we heard, though, that not everyone's received it. So uh, Jesus is the light of the world coming into the world, which is the life of the world, and the world could not comprehend it. And so we learn um, in verse 5 of uh, John chapter 1 that um, there is something wrong with the human heart. It cannot comprehend, master or receive the light because it's full of darkness. And so today we're going to be looking at what does it mean to be born again? Born again. And so let's, uh, let's begin. Uh, let's start by uh, prayer, I think. Let's, uh, let's pray. So Heavenly Father, we thank you that we have this part of your word before us. We thank you, Lord, that you are a communicating God, that you are the God of the universe, and you display and demonstrate your love to us through Jesus and through your word. And Lord, we pray that your word may... Uh, just work in our lives, in our hearts, that we may be transformed and changed. And so that as you work in us, we may become more like Jesus and more the person and people you've created us to be. And we pray this in his name. Amen. Okay, so we've just got two verses. And it's John chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. And it says this, Yet to all who did receive him, Those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God, born of God, born again. It's uh, John's favourite word, born of God. John, of course, you know, is an apostle, a, a disciple of Jesus, the one whom Jesus loved, and he knew Jesus Personally, it's, a, it's an amazing thing. And uh, he knew him also after Jesus rose from the dead through the Spirit. Just like we do, we're, we're born of God. And so we need to know that in the world there are only two types of people. There are those who are born of God and those who are not born of God. Children of God or those who are not children of God. And so it's vital for us to understand and know and believe and experience the fact that we are definitely children of God. If we know for sure that we are children of God, it's good for us to uh, look at this and apply it more to our lives. But if we don't know that we are children of God, then it's vital for us to work it out and to ensure that we are. 
because there are only two types of people in the world. And so as we look at this, it's important, examine your hearts and understand, is this true of you as we look at being born again? And so uh, there's no such thing as offence in the kingdom of God. You're either out or you're in. And so we need to know that we're in. And uh, think of the, um, you know, the Pharisees in Jesus' day. And so when Jesus was uh, living and ministering to the earth, uh, he was there and, um, and he was talking to Pharisees. And in John chapter 8, you know, we'll get there eventually, uh, he says that, um, you know, that they were um, opposing Jesus and calling him out as somebody who's, who's not who he says he is. And then Jesus says these words in um, John chapter 8, verse 41. He says, you are doing the things your own father does. Okay, so he said, you're doing the things your own father does. And they said, we are not illegitimate children, they protested. Um, the only father we have is God himself. And so, you know, these fine Christian people, these fine people, they believed in God, they believed they were right, they, they obeyed the law as perfectly as they possibly could, they did everything they possibly could to show that they were children of God, they impressed everyone with their religion, and what does it say? Jesus says to them, if you were, if God were your father, you would love me, for I am from the father and now I'm here, I have not come on my own, but he has sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear it when I say it. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. Now, this is so serious for us, isn't it? And so these religious people who practice religion in every possible way, they try and obey every little commandment, and then Jesus says to them, Outright, He says, you are not the children of God, you are the children of the devil. And I can tell because you don't receive me for who I am and you're carrying out the will of your actual father, which is the devil. Do you see how serious that is? If we apply that to ourselves, we think that's really important. And so what it means there is you need to, to know or recognize Jesus and love him. Otherwise, you're not a child of God. Otherwise, you're not born again. And so we need to know that uh, receiving Jesus is what it's all about. And so verse 11, we read that last time, it said, um, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. His own did not receive him. And so we need to first of all see, what is this new birth like? What is receiving him look like? And the first thing we see is it's a, it's a transformed life. The first thing we need to know is that, that God fixed our hearts. Before Jesus, our hearts were made of stone. We could not um, experience it, understand it, or receive it. Isn't it that verse 5? It says that, that the, the light came into the world and the darkness could not understand, comprehend, or apply it because the heart was made of stone. Something had to happen to the heart. It had to be transformed. And so to be born again means that you are reborn with a heart that can respond to the gospel that you can see the light and that you can understand it. It is a complete change. And so when you're looking at me, I'm born again. I can, I can assure you. I'm born again. Can you see anything? Can you see it on me? 
Uh, no, <laughs> uh, nothing up here. <laughs> you can't see. I mean, I'm just an ordinary person. I'm very, very ordinary. <laughs> There's nothing special about me at all. But on the inside, I have a whole new operating system. I have been born again. I could not, um, you know, before I could not uh, understand the gospel. I, w- I was living religion. I was practicing religion. I was doing all sorts of things. And I thought I was okay. And I thought one day God will judge me and think I'm okay. But then I met Jesus and I was completely born again. And suddenly I realized that all that was rubbish. <laughs> everything that I did, everything that I tried, everything that I thought was rubbish. It just, it just wiped away, just melted away. And then I received a heart that goes, yes, now I understand. I have been renewed. Everything has been changed. Now I understand what it is. It's a, it's a complete rebirth. I am new from the inside and it's working its way out eventually. I hope one day you might see it on the outside. But that's how it works, you see. It's a complete change. It's a complete birth. And that's exactly what it says, isn't it? We've been born of God. God is our Father. God is my Father now. And so we say, well, that's, that's amazing. And then what happens then is when you get this new heart, this new life within, suddenly you start to realize things. You start to comprehend things. When you see things, you, you begin to glorify God. I mean, you, you see um, a major thing. Like we watched Richard Dawkins the other day and, and he was, you know, carrying on about how everything um, accidentally came into being. And, and the image that, that he showed to prove it was amazing. He, he took us through space and we went through galaxies, you know, I don't know how, through cameras and everything. And then we, then we get to uh, Earth and you see Earth's position. And then he shows how beautiful Earth is. And all I can do is go, isn't God amazing? The universe is limitless. There, there is so many things we haven't even discovered yet. And so it just, it just fills your heart with praise because of the God who is so awesome and so powerful and yet so much loves me. You see, the lights start to come on. You start to read the Word of God and you realize, yes, it's actually, it's not about what I do, it's about who I am. It's about what Christ does in me. You know, all these sorts of things start to change. Lights come on. And then I discover that, hey, I'm not as crabby as I used to be. <laughs> I'm a little bit better, a little bit less crabby. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, um, I, I'm a bit nicer on the road. You know, I, I try a little bit harder to obey the road rules and, you know, not get caught and that sort of thing. You know, there are all sorts of things I notice start to change in me. It sort of, it starts to, to work in me and work through me. And so I'm born again, but then it starts to apply and starts to change. Then I, I'm, I've got a transformed identity. This is the biggest thing that I, I just, can't, I'm blown away by is that when you're in a relationship with God and you're His child, it doesn't matter how, you know, who He is or what time it is, I can just go to Him anytime. See, it's, it's an amazing thing. We've got access to God. If Anthony Albanese was uh, my dad, which we not wouldn't be happy about, but anyway, but if he was, imagine, you know, um, I could go to him at any time at two o'clock in the morning and say, "Dad, can I have a glass of water?" You know, and then Anthony would get out of bed and go and get me a glass of water because you know that relationship is with him. I can't do that now because. I get kicked out or in jail or something, you know, because I can't get access. But we have a God who we can get to at any time in any way. We can go to him at any time and say, God, I need, God, I feel, God, help. You know, I can go at any time and he's there for me. That's the relationship that we have when we're a child of God. We've got this identity, this access. We've got this power that's available to us because of 
who we are in him. That's what it means basically and very quickly. What does it mean to be born again? Well, it means that we've been born into the family of God, where God is our father, and there's real, living, actual change. And that's what it means. And so we have to ask ourselves, can you ask yourself, is that that happening to you? Are you experiencing that? Do you know when, when I'm saying these words, is your heart leaping for joy? Within, you know, not on the outside, but on the inside. Are you, are you going, yes, that's right. Because that's important, isn't it? Because when you say yes, then you're showing the Spirit of God is at work in you and you're a child of His, is it? So we need to know that this is true of us. But I want to show you how it works. It's so exciting when you look at these two verses. So it's, you know, verse 12. It says, Yet to all who did receive Him, those um, who believed in His name, It says that uh, he gave the right to become children of God. And so who's acting in verse 12? Well, it's Jesus. He gave the right to become children of God. And in verse 13 it says, children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Now, I don't know whether you've noticed this, but it's okay, there's, there's God the Father operating and Jesus Christ operating and it's all empowered by the Holy Spirit. Have a look at it there. So it says, um, so to be born of God, so to be born of God, I didn't have any choice in it, did I? So, you know, I, I didn't choose to be born. I didn't, uh, you know, matchmake my parents and say, how about you get together, and, you know, so you can make me born. I, I couldn't do anything about it. It was, you know, my parents' will, wasn't it? It was their decision to have a child, and it was me. Well, that's the same with us, isn't it? God makes the choice. God makes the decision. And it says, you see see how he does it there? It wasn't a human decision. It wasn't a husband's will, but it was God's will. God decided since before the beginning of the world that we were to be born and we were to be his children. Isn't that amazing? And so God is our dad. God is our father, and he chose us. He chose to give us birth, to make us his own. But in a funny way, he couldn't. He couldn't because of our sin, see? Because we were sinful, because we were through Adam sinful, because the world had fallen into sin, we could not enter into a relationship with God or be born of God or be his child because of our sin, you see? And so whilst we were, God created us to be his child, we couldn't enter into his presence because of our sin, and that's where Jesus comes in. Isn't that beautiful? It says there that um, he gave the right for us to become children of God. He gave the right. In other words, he earned the right to give us the right. Jesus had to die upon a cross. He had to bear the weight of all of our sin. He had to bear the agony. He had to live the life that we should have lived. He had to die the death that we should have died. He did it in our place. And because he did it in our place, he has now the right to give us the right to be the children of God. You see how it works together? Father, Son, and then the Holy Spirit empowers it all through us. That's how it works. That is God working together as a trinity to bring us into his presence. You know, the last time, two weeks ago, we looked at, what is it, the witness. You know, we're actually, you know, God the Father, Son and Holy Spirit exist in a perfect relationship where they love one another perfectly. Well, we've been called into that relationship. And so Jesus is our brother. 
God the Son is our brother and our friend, but also our saviour and our Lord. He gave us the right. And that word right is, is a legal word. It's like a legal adoption. It's signed. That's who it is. That's who we are. And so we can say that you know God chose us since before the beginning of the world to give us birth so that we may become his children. He sent Jesus to come and die and rise again so that we may have the right to become his children. And now this is who we are. We stand here as the children of God. But how do we do it? How do we receive it? Because it says there that you know, you can tell who those are, who the children of God are, because they're the ones who receive him and the ones who believe in his name. And that's, I just want to finish with that, just talking about what does it mean to receive and to believe. And so what does receiving look like? You know, when you say, I'm going to receive Jesus. You know, there's a few um, indications in the, uh, in the New Testament, isn't there, when Jesus was ministering. Do you remember um, in Luke chapter 4, Jesus went to Nazareth, to his own hometown, and he went to the synagogue, and he they handed him the you know the scroll of Isaiah, and he said he read Isaiah, you know, I've been sent by the Lord to to bring peace, and you know, and then he finished by saying, "This word has been fulfilled in your hearing," and everybody was so impressed with him, they thought, "Gee, this Jesus, I mean, he's from here, he's from now, but he's amazing. He's got authority. He's got life." Did you know? Six verses later. They want to throw him off a cliff. <laughs> so they want to throw him because Jesus said, you know, this salvation isn't just for the Jews. And, and they couldn't believe it. They, he was a, they were offended. And so at first, so what the, the story looks like is comes to his own, his own town, his own people. He preaches in a way that everyone's so impressed. They receive him. That's amazing. You know, we, he's great. He's, he's like the, the boy that became, that went good. You know, this is great. But then as soon as he started to speak to them about the gospel and about the word of God, they were offended and they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Did they receive Jesus? No. They received him because they liked the idea of having a Jesus in their lives, but it didn't transform or change them. They weren't born again. And so as soon as the word started to uh, uh, you know, upset them, as soon as it became offensive, as soon as he wanted to change their thinking, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. Well, that's not receiving, is it? Well, what about uh, Nicodemus? I mean, Nicodemus, I mean... I think that's an amazing story, isn't it? Nicodemus, like he was, he was famous. Like he was, um, he, he was Israel's teacher. You know, he was a, a high priest. He must have been so uh, equipped and and smart, and and so he must have had so much authority. And he came to Jesus at night, and he he wanted to talk. He said, "Look," he said, "You know, Jesus." He said, "We all think that you're a prophet sent by God." Is that receiving Jesus? So that's what he did. He said, "He said, you know, we." We think you're good. We think you're sent from God. And then what does Jesus say? You have to be born again. You have to be born again to understand the first thing about religious practice or about a relationship with Jesus. You have to be born again to get into the kingdom. And then Nicodemus goes, what? Born again? What do you mean? Do I have to jump back into my mother's womb? That's ridiculous. You know, he's a, so, and then Jesus tried to explain it to him, but he didn't receive Jesus, did he? He received him as saying, well, you must be, you know, you're famous, you're great, you're amazing, I'm really impressed with all the works that you're doing, you must be sent from God, I'm going to receive you, but didn't receive. 
As soon as Jesus started to speak to him about how and what was expected or what had to happen to be born again, then he, he rejected it. He didn't receive it. And so how do you receive it? How do you receive the kingdom? How do you receive Jesus? I don't know. Um, do you know, um, I mean, who else is Zacchaeus? Remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, he was a small, short man. You know, he wanted to get close to Jesus. Uh, you know, he was a, you know, hated by everyone because he was a tax collector. Well, he climbed a tree and he wanted to just get a glimpse of Jesus. And then Jesus, you know, he came to the foot of the tree and said, um, he said, Zacchaeus, come down from there because I'm going to be eating at your place today. I'm going to be eating at your place today. And so Zacchaeus, what does he do? He runs home and he prepares his house. He sets up a great big feast and then Jesus comes in. Did he receive Jesus? Did Zacchaeus receive Jesus? Did he receive him properly? Yes, he did, you see. Because what happened? He came into the house, see, and then he was listening to Jesus' teaching and he was transformed and he was born again in the presence of Jesus, in his own house, as he was, as Jesus was in his life. So what he was doing was Jesus was teaching him, you see. And do you know what happened? Do you see what happened? So Zacchaeus said to Jesus, he said, Jesus, I mean, I've been a bad person. <laughs> you know, he said, if I've ripped anybody off, I'm going to pay them back four times what I've ripped them off. I'm going to pay them back four. I don't even know if you can do that. How can you rip them off and pay them back four times? That's... Anyway, he must have had a lot of money and he said he was going to do that. And what did Jesus do? What did Jesus say? Salvation has come to this household today. Oh, wow. And so Jesus said, Zacchaeus has been born again. Zacchaeus is born of God. Zacchaeus, you know what? I'm going to go to the cross and I'm going to die for your sins and I'm going to give you the right to be a child of God. That's you and me, isn't it? That's receiving him in. It has to change you. It has. To, you can't just do what that other guy did, you know, like the cleaner in the house. You know, you can't just receive Jesus into the house and then lock him in a cupboard. You can't just say, "Hey, I, yes, yes, you can come in and be my savior, but you know, don't interfere with my life." That's not receiving him, is it? Receiving him means change happens. And so when you receive Jesus in your life, what you do is you receive him as saviour. And, and you know, test this, test this on yourself. Okay, have you received Jesus? Jesus knocks at the door and he says, Hello, I am your saviour. Do you let him in and say, Lord, thank you for the salvation you've given me. I'm going to receive the salvation that you give me. Do you do that? Have you done that? I mean, it's such an important question. If you haven't done that, because you can say, yeah, but save me, yeah, save me. But no, I'm going to receive the salvation that you have won for me. Do you know what that means? Have you received that in your heart? Has that transformed all who you are? Because that's so important. Receiving. I'm going to receive the salvation that you were given. Because that salvation doesn't look like it used to look the day before when you didn't have it. You know, when you've received the salvation of God, what happens is you receive him in every way. The salvation of God means that, that God says, I'm going to protect you. And then you trust his protection. Jesus says, I'm going to provide for you. And you receive his provision and say, thank you, God, for your provision. He comes in and says, I'm going to save you. I'm going to give you healing. And you receive the healing that he gives you. He heals your heart. 
He heals your soul. He heals your emotions. He heals your life. He heals you of your past. He heals you of your present. He heals everything into the future. If you receive the salvation that God gives, if you receive him, then he's going to heal you. How many of us are still struggling with the things that we struggle with all the time? How many times do we not give to Jesus what he wants us to give to him? In other words, we're not receiving the salvation that he promises to give us. He gives us this hope and this life and this protection and this healing and this provision. He gives us counsel and wisdom and understanding. You know, he gives us words and opportunities. He, he gives us so many things and yet we don't receive it because we said, no, oh, no, no, don't, don't go here, don't go there. So have you received? Jesus, have you received the salvation that he offers and that he freely gives? Because if you're anything like me, the answer is no. I can tell you that there is so much more I need to receive from Jesus. I come to him saying, please apply the salvation that you have done to my life because, boy, you know, I am so stained by sin. Oh, I can't believe it. I haven't murdered anyone recently. You know, I haven't robbed any banks. I haven't done anything wrong. But on the inside, I can't believe the sin is there. Do you see that? When you receive the salvation of Jesus into your life and you understand what he's saving you from, then you realize all the things that are still there. I went on my prayer walk this morning and it just I just ran out of time confessing. You know, pride, lust and greed, it just it's everywhere. The things that I say, the things that I do, the things that I don't do, you know, it's just, oh, wow, I'm just living for myself. And so Jesus has come into my life and he's begun the work and he's got so much more to do. But we need to understand that's what it is. To be born again means that he comes into your life, he gives you the salvation, you receive him, you receive the salvation that he offers you and it changes your life. Do you know where Jesus is at work in your life right now? Because he's doing it, you know. He's coming to you and saying, oh, um, what about this? Will you let me save this part of your life? He's doing that to each one of you every day, all the time. You know, it could be anything. It could be pride. It could be saying, well, my own ability. And he could be saying, can you give me your ability so you can trust in me so that I can change you? And you go, okay, tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow, tomorrow. You know, or, or you know, I'm going to manage my workload and I'm going to manage my family time and I'm going to manage all these things. And, and he says, oh, give me that and I'll help you in that. Do you give it to him and let him do it? Or do you say, oh, no, no, I think I should do this myself. See, you see how serious it is? Jesus comes to the door. He comes into your house and, and we have to receive him. And receive him means we receive him and everything that he offers and if we do, we become, you know, the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amazing. We become more and more filled with the Spirit and more and more like the temple of the Holy Spirit and more and more obvious to others about who he is in us. Okay, well, that's just receiving. Anyway, I better hurry up and I'll get to believing. So whoever received him, so you know what receiving means? Have you applied it to yourself? This is your homework. The rest of your life, receive, receive, receive. And then believe, believe in his name. And so, you know, a lot of people say, well, oh, receiving is the same as believing. You know, these Hebrews, they have the two and they mean the same thing. I don't, I don't agree. I think you receive Jesus into your life, you receive the salvation that you have, and then you believe in his name. So believing in his name is like faith, isn't it? 
Faith is trust in action. It's faith. Believing in his name means there's an action. Believing means that I'm going to believe God for what he does in my life. And believing means that you change. You know, you actually begin anew. You're a new person. The things that you used to love and hold on to have faded into the background, but the new things that you have in him are just continually working in you. And so believing in him means I'm going to believe him that he's going to be my protector. I'm going to receive him and then I'm going to believe it and it's going to change my life, okay? And so this is how I think we need to finish. We need to examine our own lives. Are we born again? Yes or no? Well, have we received Jesus into our lives? Do we understand what it means to receive salvation and be changed? Do we believe in his name? In other words, we don't believe in our name or anyone else's name. We believe in Jesus' name because he's the only name that can save. And so we believe in it. And then as we live, we, we just enjoy his presence. This is believing. See? When you've received him and you see and, and he works in your life, you enjoy his presence. You delight in his presence. You take pleasure in just being in his presence. Do you delight in the presence of God? Do you say, I, I love the salvation that you have won for me. I love the fact that I've got all these worries, but really I'm not ultimately worried because I know they're in your hands. You know That sort of thing. Just enjoy the presence of God. You find yourself reading the Word. The Word actually is beautiful and sweet. It fills you up. It gives you all that you need. You know, we're in a world where people don't read their Bibles, where people leave them on shelves and they collect dust and we read them and don't fully understand them. But when we read the Word of God, it is receiving the salvation, believing, doing what it says. And so I'd rather read the Bible than watch Netflix. Stan, you know, isn't that funny? Because we go, oh, we need to go home and have a rest. I'm going to rest now, so I'll watch a movie. Does that show you anything? Are you receiving Jesus and believing in his name and enjoying what he offers you? We need to see that that the, the word of God is better than anything the world can possibly offer because as we do it, we grow in our relationship with him. And so my challenge to you and to me is to receive the salvation Jesus gives and then to believe, put into practice what he calls us to do, and then discover how fun it is and how much joy comes in and how we've become more like Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your wonderful word. We thank you for your wonderful life and wonderful light. Lord, we thank you that you have chosen us since before the beginning of the world to be born of you, to be born of God. We thank you that you have given us the life and the light. We thank you, Lord, that we have the ability to receive you. And Lord Jesus, we just want to repent of the fact that we don't receive you as we ought. We want to say, Lord, please uh, come into our lives. Help us to receive you. Help us not just to receive, but to allow you to do your work and then to stand and work on the faith that you have given us. Lord, help us to enjoy your presence. Help us to love your word. Help us to love worshipping you, to love being with your people and to love serving you in every way. And Lord, help us to do that by uh, and demonstrate what it means to be born again. And so Lord, we thank you for our rebirth. We thank you for the life that we enjoy and we pray for your blessing and continued work as we ask it all in Jesus' name. 
And everyone who, who agreed said, Amen.